Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Let me get to my guest. I only have a couple of minutes with him, and that's retired Lieutenant General Honoré. And thank you for uh, carving out a couple of minutes for us here, uh, uh, General Honoré. Um, what does it mean? I just saw the mayor of Washington, D.C., announcing that the District of Columbia is on high alert. Uh, can you explain how what that means? What will we see differently, if if anything? I think what this day uh, brings to mind is that in America, uh, our capital is a target because it's the center of our democracy. The democracy doesn't work if the capital is not secure and the people cannot do their work. While we may not always agree with what they do, it is central to the operation of our democracy, and it sits at the footstep of the District of Columbia, which has an embedded role in helping to secure our nation's capital. And the mayor is correct. They should be at high alert. And they should think about the impossible because what happened on 1-6 remind us what happened when people with evil intentions and a propaganda voice uh, through media and social media, what they can do and the type of havoc that can be a threat to our democracy, Joe. Are we, are you hearing chatter uh, out there uh, that that uh, concerns you that we could see one year later a repeat of what happened <clears throat> last year? Well, the one thing about chatter, much of it is, is uh, disregarded. But we saw on 1-6 that the government cannot ignore chatter. Uh, the FBI somewhat ignored chatter on 1-5 leading into 1-6 in the weeks before. They ignored it because they didn't think that the demographics of this crowd would be anything to worry about, Joe. They, they disregarded when even within an hour before the Capitol was attacked when we had members of the Capitol legislature and the president of the United States telling people to go attack the Capitol. They still were in disbelief. And when it did happen, they tried to blame it on other people, Antifa and others. This is the ultimate uh, execution of propaganda for the purpose of an insurrection to throw a coup to overthrow our government. It is plain daylight. You, I, I, think, I think it was yesterday or the day before we played an audio clip where you really uh, stated in very clear language uh, your attitude and feelings about m military officers who signed a, a letter, in essence, I, what, what, supporting a coup? Give me the essence of, of, of what concerned you. The essence of the letter was to say that the election was stolen and they supported Donald Trump. Them, like many in the Senate and almost half of the House, by their actions, by refusing to do an investigation, by refusing to fund the supplemental that would harden the Capitol, 
and adding police officers. It's not just the retired officers, which I am totally appalled and ashamed of, but as members of Congress, Joe, we don't have to go as far as these bunch of retired guys who are sitting on the porch drinking coffee this morning. We got members of Congress who are still voting and making legislation that by their inaction, failure to impeach the former president, failure to participate in the investigation, failing to fund, fully fund the Capitol Police, adding officers and hardening the Capitol. They're a part of this um, mega movement to uh, reinforce this lie about the election being stolen. After it had been verified by judges, both state and federal judges across the country, to include the highest court in the land who refused to hear any of that mumbo-jumbo that did not make sense. But yet, that's the power of propaganda with almost a third of our national media supporting the big lie. Uh, Finally, uh, 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 General Honore, let me deal with today. Um, Are you confident that today members of Congress, the staff, they're functioning today, that they are safe today more so than they were a year ago? Well, from the perspective, we don't know if we got 20,000 people forming on the mall, which no reports are coming that that's happening. But we have to fear the unknown. Uh, there, the groups that attacked the Capitol uh, demonstrated that they can do strategic planning in mm. plain sight to get away with it because who they are, they are privileged. They can go around and say things about I think we lost him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Daryl, just thank him, just tell him it broke up, but we appreciate if he's listening, we appreciate uh uh his uh his time because he obviously had many interviews to do today and we caught him at the uh the last minute. Um, um but um uh as as he as he said, um the the problem of course is you 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 gotta fear the unknown. You gotta be prepared. We really don't know. Now, coming up in uh, maybe less than 15 minutes, the D.C. Attorney General, uh, Carl Racine, who, by the way, is suing the, uh, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers in their participation in January uh, 6th. I mean, when I, again, we're looking at what we saw... A year ago, we're looking at what we saw a year ago, people scaling the walls, folks blaming. This is fun. You know, once again, this as he and, and General Honore, the reason I so appreciate when he comes on, he doesn't pull any punches with us. He said, well, wait a minute. We, we, we got members of Congress. We got members of Congress who are <laughs> who are sitting up here. You know, won't fund uh, additional money to fortify the, the to fortify the capital. 
you know, these people are inside. This is interesting. These these members of Congress are inside the operation of our government. And we honestly believe they're as culpable as these insurrectionists who are on the outside. Well, let me, General Honore just called back. Oh, thank you, General. Let me put him up. I'm sorry, you, you, we lost your signal. Let me give you the final word, if you don't mind. I kind of ex- walked people through what you had just shared, uh, shared with us, that you can't fear the unknown, so you've got to be prepared. But I'll give you the final word. Joe, our democracy is on the line. We must hold the damn line. Uh, The people in Congress, uh, they want to overturn this next election and make McCarthy or Trump the speaker. This will destroy our democracy. People must be engaged. They must vote. They must participate in local governments because it's happening at the local level and the state level. We must not be, as people who believe in democracy, be victims. We need to stop being sheep. We need to speak up. We need to act up. And we must make sure every member in our family who's old enough to vote get to the polls and vote. We have to stop being victims and sheep. We need to have our wolf come out and defend this democracy because if we lose it, we'll never get it back. Because inside the Capitol, almost half of the legislators there believe in the mega movement. And that's mm. a prime damn. Yeah, you're right. That And that will be the last word. You got it. General Honore, I so appreciate you. I, I always, I got to tell you, I always tell my wife, Sherry, he so reminds me of my grandfather and just his mannerism, not but, but the, but I like, I, I so thank, you know, thank you so much. And we're on the case, and I appreciate your your clarion call to civic. This you're right. I mean, this is this is not literally a war. I I don't like to say that in front of a man who has experienced combat, but this is political war. And those folks out there a year ago, they were ready to to destroy this country. Thank you, General Honore. Be careful. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Okay. No, they were really, I mean, you know, I go back to, I go back to, again, Martin, uh, not Martin, Malcolm X's speech, the ballot or the bullet. Now, a lot of that speech was about black nationalism. Um, And that's where Martin was at the time. But when I, as I was listening and digesting it and dissecting it, and, and, and then I said, okay, maybe that part I, I may have problems with or I may you know, have to analyze that more. But there were components of it that reminded me of where we are today. And Malcolm said, look, you folks have got to understand something. This is your government. And, these, and, and, and listen to what General Honore said. Well, did he say, was it half? Was that what he said? Half of the members up there on Capitol Hill are part of this mega movement who they want to put Donald Trump in charge of the United States government. Now, you just heard that. 
from a retired lieutenant general who has been to war and back, who is, he didn't pull any punches. He, he said it straight up. And the, and the, and the reason these, let me, let me tell you, let me break this down. Because you got to listen with that third ear. The reason they are in Congress is for two reasons. One, they got votes to win. The second reason is people didn't go vote. I could guarantee you in many cases in these districts and these states, if the number of people who were either discouraged and didn't go vote or who were complacent and didn't go vote or who were apathetic and didn't go vote or who bought into the propaganda that our international adversaries pushed and spent millions of dollars to convince people that, and they targeted certain communities, particularly black and brown communities. They targeted these communities. Don't vote. Voting doesn't count. There's, there's no distinction between a Republican and a Democrat. Well, you seeing that distinction now? These folk, what you just heard General Honore say, look, you can stop them in their tracks. How? Stop being apathetic, stop being complacent, organize, and recognize, folk, that this is an issue of the ballot of the bullet. Right. This is the issue of the ballot of the bullet. Joe, did I hear General Honore say that these folks want either Trump or Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House? They, either, that's right. Yes, what he heard. He, he, in other words, now, because... And that's not 2024 but, 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 but no, no, it is 20. Yes. It, Why? Because, because it, it, you can... Well, it's not 2024. If they lose this midterm, if the Democrats lose this midterm election, there you go. Then the Republicans are in the majority. Yes. Either Kevin McCarthy, chances are he would be Speaker of the House. I I mean, come on, guys. All these. Let me try to explain this. Politically speaking, Donald Trump will not accept being Speaker of the House. I know it sounds like because he wants to be president. He doesn't want to be Speaker of the House. So he will, they, they, they get you guys rolling down the road. Oh, it's Kevin McCarthy or Donald Trump. I know it, it's possible. Hell, it is possible. But I can guarantee you, politically, slow down. Donald Trump wants the whole antelage. He wants the White House. And then there will be a deal cut. Kevin McCarthy is his puppet. So, Kevin, you take over now. And then we will come in two years later and take the White House. Guys, quit playing checkers. This is not this move, that move. These folk are strategizing two, three years out. I agree. I'm just saying you just heard the general say that. 
what you just said. What? You've delineated in more detail, thankfully, what the general said. He Me, put it there. These folk are organized, coordinated, and, they're, and they are carrying out their plan. Yes. I now I, you, you guys know I'm telling the truth, don't you? Yeah. Now, before you start calling in, let me take a break. Carl Racine, who is the district attorney, um, yeah, no, attorney general, excuse me, right, uh, for Washington, D.C., for the District of Columbia. And he's suing the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers right after this. I'm Madison, Carl Racine, right after this on CSXM Urban View. Let me welcome back to the Madison Show uh, the uh, uh, the Attorney General of the District of Columbia, Carl A. Racine. Uh, he's now in his second term. He's the first elected Attorney General of the District of Columbia. He's also president of a bipartisan uh, organization, the National Association of Attorney Generals. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to 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 be with us. Um, hey, Joe, let me jump in and first say something, please. Uh, I'm honored to be on your show, uh, The Black Eagle. I wish your wife Sharon the best. I thank you for putting your life on the line uh, for the struggle of fairness and freedom and democracy and civil rights in our country. And the fact that you want to interview me um, is is a blessing. Thank you for being a leader. Well, I, I thank you for being in the position that you have, and I and I appreciate I pre- appreciate that because we, we all are going to have we're all on this front line of this. What, That's right. Talk to what is what do, this lawsuit? When you say you're suing the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. What does that mean? In other words, what is the lawsuit based on? What are you hoping the, the, the will come out of the lawsuit? Sure. Um, Joe, the lawsuit is a civil lawsuit, not a criminal lawsuit, seeking money uh, from the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, and over 30 individuals who sought to take away our freedom and the peaceful transfer of power in our country and in the process of being violent insurrectionist, they absolutely caused physical harm to the District of Columbia in the form of battering many of our Metropolitan Police Department officers. Over 800 Metropolitan Police Department officers responded to the Capitol, expelled the rioters, and they got injured. Three Metropolitan Police Department officers after January 6th have died by suicide. Many, many, many of the officers who defended our freedom are suffering from significant PTSD. You remember uh, uh, Michael Fanone. Officer Fanone was dragged downstairs. These mobsters and violent white supremacists were yelling at him, take his gun and shoot him with his own gun. They actually shot him with a stun gun or taser. He had a heart attack, a concussion, and he's courageously indicated that he's going through severe therapy so that his family, including three kids, can be okay. That's one man's story. 
there are many, many officers who have the same story, and not to mention the fact, of course, that the District of Columbia was traumatized. So we're going to hit them where it counts, Joe, and that's in their pocketbooks and in their purses. Are you suing individuals? You mentioned 30 individuals. Are you suing, are they incorporated, uh, or is it a combination of both? And then, go, go ahead. So we're suing the entities, uh, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. Um, they are actually formed entities. And we're also suing over 30 individuals in their individual capacity. What we look to do is prove our case, including a, a claim that they violate the Ku Klux Klan Act. I heard in your introduction that you talked about Reconstruction and what the South did to rebel against Reconstruction and how the federal government permitted the South to rebel against Reconstruction and how the South began essentially slavery again by any other name with Jim Crow. Well, the Ku Klux Klan Act provides a cause of action when actors violate federal law um, in order to have unlawful purposes. So that's why we're bringing that act, and I think we're going to prove our case. I can't wait to bankrupt these uh, entities and individuals. Now, it, now, what you're referring to is the uh, it, it's a 150 year old law. Um, now, now, <clears throat> is, do you go before a jury or a judge? It's a great question. Again, the case is filed in the United States District Court right here in the District of Columbia. Uh, we believe that the judge will be Amit Mehta, a, a terrific judge. He's got a couple of other similar cases, although ours is different. The case does request a jury trial. I will note that a case that was brought as a result of the alt-right events in Charlottesville was a jury trial. We want a jury, a Washington, D.C. jury, to hear the evidence. And this is important, Joe. What we're doing is we're filing a civil lawsuit because our country is a country that respects the rule of law and due process. We're not going out to physically fight or getting guns to shoot. We're going through the process, something, of course, that the Proud Boys, uh, the Oath Keepers, and the 30-plus, and even more, hundreds of people who rushed the Capitol and created violence didn't do. They went outside of the process and brought violence and a coup d'etat attempt on our country. Now, the, we just had General, retired Lieutenant General Honore on. Um, Carl Racine is with us. He is the uh, Attorney General for the District of uh, Columbia, can can you sue members of Congress under the same legal effort? It's an interesting question. Um, we're suing the people who we believe we have strong evidence and can prove uh, by a preponderance of the evidence, since it's a civil case, that they organized, planned, and participated in the conspiracy that resulted in violence to the District of Columbia. Right. If we were to identify in any individual, elected officials, Congress, the President of the United States, um, who 
planned, participated, and organized, they would be part of the conspiracy. I'm not going to go into that part right now other than to assure your listeners that our investigation continues. And in this regard, let me highlight a development that occurred last week. The Department of Justice is getting, I think, unfair criticism right now for the manner in which it's prosecuting January 6th defendants. They are going about it meticulously. Some might think slowly. Well, there was a guilty plea um, last week by an individual who we also sued. That individual was a leader of one of the two organizations that we sued. That individual admitted in court that there was a conspiracy between the two organizations, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, and many, many, many individuals who organized, planned, and participated in the violence. I would argue that that guilty plea substantially advances our case. And as I said, as to other potential defendants, our investigation continues. So your level, so the, again, that's the civil part. And I suspect then the Department of Justice, and I agree with you, I've tried to explain to people that uh, that what Merrick Mer- Garland is saying is trying to do is go up the ladder, and 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 That's and right. you you and these some of these people are going to uh, the kids would say snitch, <laughs> they're going to start talking because they don't want to spend six months or a year or whatever in 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 jail or prison. So what you so if I hear you correctly, uh, Attorney General, what that means that. It'll what, what the what happened last week in court with that confession in court before a judge that will strengthen your civil lawsuit. But then at the same time, that same confession can be used for criminal uh, charges. That's right. Uh, so in the another court, who pled guilty? Pled yes. Guilty. Yes. Um, and that is, uh, you know, he's admitting to proof beyond a reasonable doubt that he was involved in the planning organization and, wow. uh, and violence on the Capitol. Right. Um, what our case is, is a civil conspiracy. A conspiracy, right. by definition, requires more than one person to agree to go do something illegal. Gotcha. OK, we got one right. guy that just you said got one that and, that's and, what and, he yeah. agreed and, to. And, We're going to find yeah. many more. Right. Got you. Now, but that same that same evidence or information can be applied in the criminal case with the Department of Justice. Got you. So correct. So right now he in his individual case has taken responsibility. And let me just say to you, um, as a former criminal defense lawyer, you know, I I give a nod to a, a person who accepts responsibility. It's not easy to tell the truth and say you did wrong right now, as you indicated, and I don't have visibility here. I can only assume that the Department of Justice is working really, really hard yeah. uh, to get the best evidence. And oftentimes the best evidence is not just someone's own words or what they, you've seen on videotape, right. but it's right. their honest to God truth about who they talked to, who was involved, who helped them get into the Capitol, who told them where to go wow. in the Capitol and that kind of thing. And I trust our Department of Justice under Attorney General Merrick Garland to find that out. Now, final question, and thank you for your time. Uh, I just need to just, what was your experience a year ago today? Well, so 
let me go back even um, earlier than a year ago, because you'll remember back in uh, November, uh, there was uh, the Proud Boys and others came to D.C. They protested, they got drunk, they caused violence, and then they absolutely uh, stole and damaged churches, black churches in Washington, D.C. So the Office of Attorney General of the District of Columbia was coordinating every day with the, uh, the Anti-Defamation League, the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, Mary McCord and her great team at Georgetown University. And let me tell you what these three outfits do. They monitor the Internet and the dark web, the secret web, and they know what these supremacist, white supremacist, racist hate groups are talking about. Let me be clear. There were red flags, a lot of chatter, all about following up on Donald Trump's invitation to have a wild and crazy time on January 6th at the Capitol. So in advance of January 6th, we were raising the alarm that something big was going to happen. And of course, everyone who was responsible should be charged with that knowledge. It's shocking, of course, but not surprising that under Donald Trump, the Capitol went undefended. Juxtapose that, Black Eagle, juxtapose that with what happened in June of 2021 with the Black Lives Matter protest, when National Guard from mostly Republican states came to the District of Columbia, Homeland Security, police wardens from all over this country came, looked like they were ready to go to war against peaceful protesters who were protesting. By the way, the peaceful protesters were multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multi-generational, came from all over the country and the world in favor of the simple principle that black lives matter. And what did Donald Trump do? He put tens of thousands of troops on the ground to, quote, protect federal assets. Where was the protection of the Capitol on January 6th? And who was responsible? And we now know that was number 45. I, I, I hate to always say the last question, but one other thought came to my mind. There is now this argument being uh, uh, this this uh, being presented that these were not Trump people. They they were they were they were Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Now, I know I think I read correctly. There are about seven hundred and thirty eight plus people who have been charged. And I think I'm correct. I don't recall one person who's been charged who has admitted that they were Antifa, FBI, or Black Lives Matter. Well, your, your statistics are right. About okay. 750 folks have been arrested and charged. Over 150 have pled guilty. And yes, even the ones who've acknowledged guilt in a federal courthouse, right? have not yeah. indicated that they were anti. Hey, look, let's put a lie to this. They're lying. They're trying to rewrite history in a way that essentially promotes the, the white supremacy that they want in this country. That's what they're doing. And you and others, you especially, sir, because you're not eating hard food, are putting your life on the line so that we might have voting rights so that they cannot limit, right, people of color and others from voting so that they can somehow claim 
that we're a democracy, even though they've barred people who don't believe what they believe from voting. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.